Hi, and welcome to the Yak Fantasy Football Podcast. Yak is in yakking, like talking too much, and also like yards after catch. It's a double entendre, guys. I'm Ted, and I have to apologize to anybody who listens, uh, probably like five people, for the two-week hiatus that I was on here. I had a lot going on personally, including running a really cool Dynasty startup that I'll talk about briefly at the end of this episode. Not going to talk about my team, just I think it's cool and kind of just want to share what we ended up doing with it. Uh, And really just couldn't find the time and energy to hunker down and record for two weeks. So anyway, this week I'm going to finally give you my post-draft rookie tight end rankings I was supposed to give you two weeks ago. We're getting to the heart of the rookie draft season, and I've just adjusted my rookie tight end rankings according to what happened in the NFL draft, so I can give you guys the best opportunity to pick the right guys that are going to help your team, given what I thought about them pre-draft, their situation, and everything like that. So, anyway, let's get into it. As we work through my post-draft rookie tight end rankings... Just a reminder of what goes into these rankings. The first thing is my pre-draft rankings, which are based on the skills and traits that the tight ends displayed in college and how those project to the NFL. The next thing is the opportunity for playing time. You know, what situations offer the most clear path to playing time for these rookies. Then the last thing I'm looking at is supporting casts for the team around them. You know, which teams can provide the most support around the tight end, whether it be coaching other skill positions that can take eyes away from the tight end, offensive line, things of that nature. So with the criteria out of the way, let's dive into the rankings and see why I have guys ranked where I do. All right, my number one tight end, it really didn't change from uh, the pre-draft ones here because the opportunity ended up lining up, but I've got Michael Mayer as my number one tight end. And it's because he pretty much checked all the boxes that you're looking for, for the most part. Uh, He's not the most athletic guy out there. There are a couple better athletes than him, but he's a great hands catcher. He's a good route runner. He's a good blocker. He knows what he's doing out there. He is NFL ready. And if you're looking for a guy that you can get in your rookie draft that can step into your tight end slot right away, which is rare because the tight end position is one that develops pretty slowly, typically in the NFL. I think Mayer is your guy. He went to the Las Vegas Raiders in the second round. My next guy is Dalton Kincaid, who went to Buffalo in the first round. Dalton Kincaid isn't the best blocker out there, but he figures to be a big slot receiver for the Buffalo Bills, and they've told us as much since they drafted him. They envision him as a bigger version of Cole Beasley. And even though they have Dawson Knox there, who technically plays the tight end position, I really do think that Dalton Kincaid will fill the slot role. They want to run more 12 personnel, I guess personnel that looks like 12 personnel, but with the flexibility to kind of run 11 concepts. So 12 personnel is two tight ends on the field. 11 personnel is only one tight end on the field. Um, so I think this gives them the flexibility, having a guy who's a really good route runner, catcher, has good speed and athleticism to pair with Dawson Knox. I think that gives them the ability to run out of two tight end looks, but also have both of them on the field for looks that are more 
predominantly 11 personnel looks that you might have three receivers on the field instead of two tight ends. Next, I have Luke Musgrave, who went to Green Bay in the second round. He's probably the most athletic guy in this group, but he missed most of his senior season, or rather not senior season. I, I don't know if he was a senior or not uh, coming out, but his last season, at least in college, uh he does have a little bit of trouble getting off of contact, but really that's the one big gripe with him. So he went to Green Bay in the second round. Uh, he figures to, at the very least, see the field. Uh, he did get a running mate there in Green Bay that we'll talk about later on here. Uh, but I liked Musgrave better than that other player, even though that's another good player. Uh, so I assume that he's going to end up being the tight end one there or at least one a to the other guys one B, but it's a very young team. Uh, there aren't a lot of established guys taking away targets from him. Uh, a lot of second year and rookie receivers there and a young quarterback in Jordan love who might be looking for the tight end to kind of be that safety blanket for him as his, in his first chance to start. Next, I have Sam Laporta who went to Detroit in the second round. Uh, Laporta's main traits are that he is uh, good after the catch, uh, but you know he's not the most dominant at the catch point. Doesn't mean he's bad at the catch point, but you'd think for a guy as athletic as he is, he might be a little better at it. But he's very similar to Kincaid in the sense that he's a good receiver, good route runner, maybe not the greatest blocker of all time, but I think he's a little better than Kincaid. But he goes to a good offense. Uh, again, another young offense with a good play caller there in Ben Johnson in Detroit. And he's got an opportunity there. The guy that's the incumbent right now is Brock Wright, who's a good blocker, but that's really his only plus trait uh, as far as Brock Wright is concerned. So I think he slots right in there as the starting tight end from day one for Detroit. And last but not least, and I forgot to mention, I did put these in tiers, and I'll mention them right now as I usually have tiers. I just kind of forgot about them as I was going through these. For the tight ends, the tiers are starter, chance to start, path to playing time, and sleeper. So very similar to a lot of the other uh, buckets that I put guys into for the other positions, but just fewer, I guess, here. Um... So the last guy in that starter mold here, at least from what I think, given the draft capital and the position that they're being drafted into here, is Luke Shoemaker, who went to Dallas in the second round. Shoemaker wasn't my favorite. He's a little bit older. He's fine. He's overall solid. But he's also not great at yards after catch, so... Maybe they do envision him as a Jason Witten type. I know they've been trying to recapture that there in Dallas, and they've had some solid tight end play in the meantime, but not quite the guy that uh, was able to get open despite being probably the slowest guy in the field in Jason Witten. So maybe Shoemaker can slot into that role, but at the very least, he's got the draft capital and an opportunity there. There is Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot, but... I think just from the draft capital alone after drafting those guys last year, that tells me that Shoemaker is a guy. All right, in the next tier, we have Chance to Start. Both of these guys, it's kind of a weird situation because I don't know if they really have a huge shot to start, but maybe depending on 
what the teams do. They might be the 1B out there in two tight end sets. So those two guys are uh, the first guy, Darnell Washington, who was drafted by Pittsburgh in the third round. I really like Darnell Washington as a prospect, but he is going to a situation where Pat Fryermuth is the main pass-catching tight end there, and he's a really good one at that. I don't think that Washington can't be involved, but tight end's a position that doesn't really offer much in terms of volume to begin with, so Washington going to that situation kind of hurts him in that sense, but he's an incredible blocker, so he'll most definitely be on the field a lot. Um, and he's a crazy athlete too. So uh, really the only gripes about him are he's not super fluid in his breaks and he has a little bit of trouble getting off of contact. But with his catch radius and height, I don't really see that being the biggest issue. If Kenny Pickett wants to throw those 50-50 go-get-it balls that he already throws to George Pickens, throw him to Darnell Washington too, especially in the red zone. He could be maybe a touchdown vulture, so we'll keep an eye on him. But the situation isn't the most advantageous here, given that there's already a starter at tight end. And then the next guy here, another situation that I mentioned before, uh, he's the second guy who went to Green Bay here, uh, who went there in the third round, Tucker Craft. He went to Green Bay along with Luke Musgrave. Tucker Craft, he's an okay route runner. He did play against a lower level of competition in college. He had some drop issues, but otherwise, uh, pretty solid overall from the skills and traits perspective. The problem here being, again, that he is going into a situation where presumably around earlier than he was drafted, they drafted their starting tight end. So, again, he has a chance here, and nobody's established, so that's really the shot here. He could very easily end up being the guy who's more ready to start day one than Luke Musgrave is. So if that's the case, that's a good situation for him. You might get him as a steal. Uh, but either way, uh, it's kind of hard to forecast which one's going to be the starter other than by draft capital and the athleticism part. So I'd probably bank on Musgrave being the guy, the 1A at the very least. But Tucker Craft has a chance as a 1B, and I think the Packers are going to want to run the ball and they're going to probably want to have two tight ends out there pretty much at all times because they want to support J Jordan Love in the best way possible when they've got two really good backs in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. All right, my next tier here only has one player in it, and that is the path to playing time tier, and that is Brenton Strange, who went to Jacksonville in the second round. I'm okay with Brenton Strange. I thought he was kind of severely overdrafted from where I had him, but uh, clearly Jacksonville valued his traits and skills more than I did. Uh, the big things with him are don't really know where his separation is right now because he was kind of schemed open a lot in college, uh, but he is incredible after the catch. Uh, he had a really great catch-and-run touchdown. I don't know against who, I can't remember, but there's a highlight circulating around uh, Twitter and everything where he took it to the house after bouncing off a couple of guys, so he's got good contact balance. Uh, not that that's the most important thing for a tight end to have, but if you're going to be a guy who maybe gets schemed open and gets opportunities for yards after catch, that is a good trait to have. Uh I like the opportunity a little bit here, even though they have 
Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram's on the franchise tag, so he's not on the long-term deal. He's only on the one-year franchise tag. Don't know if they'll bring him back after next year, depending on how things go with adding Calvin Ridley to the mix here. So, and maybe Brenton Strange develops into his role throughout the year, and uh, they might also want some two tight end sets here and there, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I know Doug Peterson likes to have two tight ends. He was like that in Philly a lot, but second round is pretty steep for a guy like Brenton Strange for me, but the opportunity might be there, so that's why he's in this tier all by himself. And the last tier I have is the sleeper tier, and this is the largest tier. Uh, So my top guy in this tier might surprise people based on the draft capital, but I really liked him before the draft, is Zach Kuntz, who went to the Jets in the seventh round. Uh, He's got good catch radius. He's not the greatest after catch, and he's an inconsistent blocker. Went to a small school, but otherwise checks a lot of the boxes as a tight end, and that's kind of a crowded situation in Jersey. I, I'm going to say Jersey. Sorry, Jets fans. Um, because they've got C.J. Uzoma. Um, they also have Tyler Conklin, who was the guy last year. And then on top of that, they drafted Jeremy Ruckert in the third round last year. So I don't know about the chances here. I do like the profile for Koontz, but it's a crowded tight end room. I think they can get out of the Conklin and Uzoma deals next year. And obviously the other guy they drafted last year didn't really show anything. He didn't even really get on the field in Ruckert. So maybe there's an opportunity there. But he was also drafted with low draft capital. So I like his traits and skills. But um, I don't know. He's a sleeper for me because of the situation. Alright, the next guy in this bucket is Josh Wiley, who went to Tennessee in the fifth round. Didn't have a ton of college production, needs development as a blocker, but is competitive and willing. Another situation where Chico Okwankwo's there, maybe he slots in as the number two here, but the Titans don't pass all that much anyway, and I think they want to get a guy like Okwankwo more involved with what he showed last year, the athleticism that he has, the yards after catch ability that he has, the big play ability. So, I don't know. I I wasn't huge on Josh Wiley to begin with, but um, especially going here, it's not the greatest situation for him. By the way, for this bucket, I forgot to mention it, but I've mentioned it for uh, the same bucket for other positions For the sleeper bucket, I just kind of left guys as is uh, from my pre-draft because the chances of them making an impact are so slim. I kind of wanted to just rank them the way I saw them before that. So, you know, if you want to skip this part, feel free to. But uh, I'm just going to talk a little bit about these guys again and their situation really quickly and then uh, wrap this one up. So, my next guy is Leonard Taylor, who went to Jacksonville as a UDFA, and that's why I mentioned the whole thing about how I kind of left all these guys just in the order that I had them in this bucket, because I'm not really thinking about the draft capital here. I'm just looking at the situation and not seeing much opportunity. So, Leonard Taylor, not the greatest after catch, but he was a good pass protector, Uh, He went, again, to Jacksonville as a UDFA. I already mentioned that 
Brendan Strange went to Jacksonville in the second round. They've already got Evan Ingram. Situation's not the greatest, so probably fading him here a bit, even though I liked the talent more than some other guys. After him, I've got Cameron Latu, who went to San Francisco in the third round. A guy with good football IQ, but he's athletically limited. Doesn't really challenge down the field, and is more of that kind of Jason Witten-ish security blanket. Not comparing him to Jason Witten, but I guess just in that sense that he's able to get open, but really not athletically super gifted. Not to mention he's walking into a situation where George Kittle's really the guy there. Um, you know, maybe they get him on the field a little bit, but and the draft capitals there. A third round is solid, but I just don't see the opportunity for fantasy. After him, I've got Blake Whitehart, who went to Arizona as a UDFA. Uh, lacks production, more quick than flash, fast and explosive as a tight end. Um, another situation kind of tough to forecast here, especially as a UDFA, but then you look at the fact that he's going to a place where they have Zach Ertz already. He is coming back from injury, though, so maybe there's an opportunity from that standpoint, but... He is expected to play this year, maybe not right away. But then you also look at the fact that Trey McBride went there last year pretty early, I think in the second round, and he really showed a lot toward the end of the season when he got his opportunity after Ertz was hurt and they didn't really have much to play for. He showed a bit of why he was selected there last year, and I expect him to have a solid year uh, going into his second year this year. Maybe not great, but... Solid, at least. Uh, he was my number two tight end last year out of that draft, just looking at the pre-draft stuff. Um, so, yeah, the opportunity really isn't there for Blake Whitehart. Next, we have Davis Allen, who went to the L.A. Rams in the fifth round. He's a guy with a good catch radius, good at 50-50 balls, but he's slow and lacks change of direction skills. Uh you know, low draft capital and going to a situation where Tyler Higby has really been the guy for a while. Maybe he has the opportunity to get on the field uh, in two tight end sets as that tight end two, but he probably shouldn't have much relevance fantasy-wise. Next, we've got Braden Willis, who went to San Francisco in the seventh round. Uh, so the second tight end taken by San Francisco in the draft after Cameron Latu. Good lead blocker in space. Athletic, pretty versatile. He even played a little bit of Wildcat QB, but he's a bit undersized. So maybe they see him as an H-back type, maybe hybrid fullback type of thing, maybe to develop behind Kyle Juszczyk. Um, but as far as the tight end part of it goes, uh, not really an opportunity there. And even if he does develop, say, into the starting fullback at some point, Kyle Juszczyk's maybe the only fullback that you can slightly make a case if you're absolutely desperate that you would maybe throw them into your starting lineup on a bye week or with crazy amount of injuries. But even then, probably wouldn't look to him as a fullback. And uh, so I, I'm not really having him on my radar for either here, Braden Willis. After that, we have Payne Durham, who went to Tampa Bay in the fifth round. He has some issues with separating, and he's not overly athletic. Went to Tampa Bay. They've got Kate Otten there right now. 
So he looks to be the starting guy there. I don't really see much of an opportunity, and Kate Otten showed quite a bit his rookie year, albeit with Tom Brady, but he showed uh, some pretty decent skill last year. Surprised me quite a bit, even though I did like him coming out. Um, but yeah, really not an opportunity there. Next, we've got Will Mallory, who went to Indy in the fifth round. He's a limited blocker due to his functional strength. Uh, he tested fast, but he also lacks some functional athleticism, so he doesn't really show up as fast as he tested when it comes to on the field. And it's probably because he's thinking more. So tight end's a tough position. It takes a lot of time to develop into and Will Mallory is going to a spot where they've already got Mo Alley Cox as the presumably starter, but maybe on the outs as a starter there, uh, with Jelani Woods there. And they had another tight end, I believe, that they drafted there as well last year. So they're loaded at tight end, Indy is, as far as numbers are concerned. So I'm not expecting much from Will Mallory here. Last two guys here, we've got Ben Sims, who went to Minnesota as a UDFA. He's a strong and effective blocker. He lacks the ability to effectively separate, and that's partially due to lack of speed for him. UDFA went to Minnesota where they have TJ Hawkinson. Where's the path, right? So, moving on to the last guy here. Chris Trahan, he can line up in multiple spots, so he's versatile. He's pretty good at yak, uh, but he does lack strength in blocking. He does show effort, though, so I've mentioned that's half the battle for me when it comes to guys blocking, at least if you're willing to. There are plenty of guys who aren't willing to. If you're willing to, you can maybe be taught better technique. But, again, going to Cincinnati as a UDFA, maybe there's more of an opportunity here than other places, when really the only guy ahead of him, I believe they signed Irv Smith in the offseason, who's like one of those guys who dynasty people have really held on to for years and hope that his athleticism could translate into something. Uh, maybe it does with Cincinnati, but either way, uh, he's Trahan at least isn't the starter. He's a UDFA, and I didn't have him very highly rated here, so I'm not expecting too much out of him. All right, so that's going to wrap up my rookie tight end rankings post-draft here. And then just really quickly, I wanted to mention a little bit about the league that I just started as a commissioner uh, that kind of took me away from things for the last two weeks. I started a kind of hybrid dynasty auction keeper league where you essentially, the startup draft was just an auction where we had 30 roster spots to fill uh, 12 teams and $300 in uh, budget to draft with in the auction. Uh, we ended up, we're doing it on Sleeper, but we ended up drafting on My Fantasy League because that allowed us to do eBay-style proxy bidding and bid on multiple players at the same time, as opposed to Sleeper would have only allowed us to bid on one player at a time. I really hope that's a feature that Sleeper ends up adding at some point. They've got really awesome features and a lot of customizable things on Sleeper right now. And I like the UI of it, but you know that would be something that I would have on my wish list for them when it comes to doing a slow auction draft. Because these were a bunch of guys on Reddit who I don't know, but expressed interest when I posted about it. Uh, it is a money league, so that's also part, part of the interest here. But 
Um, something that I've wanted to do for a long time. So we had the startup, and it included vets and rookies, that $300 budget for that. Uh, but we have a situation where the rookies, when they come in, they have cost-controlled salaries uh, when it comes to being keepers. So it is a keeper league, but the rookies, we're going to do dynasty-style uh, linear drafts every year. And based on the round that guys are drafted in, that's where they're going to slot in for their salary, so to speak, to be kept as one of the keepers going into the next year. So it's not traditional dynasty in the sense that you draft your team and that's your team and anything else is either waiver wire pickups, draft picks, or trades. This is going to be reflective of the NFL where every year there's going to be a rookie draft uh, like usual dynasty, but those rookies are going to cost a certain amount against our salary cap, so to speak, which is going to be that 300 I mentioned earlier. And we're also going to have a yearly veteran auction draft, uh, which will basically reflect free agency in the NFL. So it's going to be really cool, I think, because everybody's going to have an opportunity to rebuild quickly or demolish things quickly. Uh, a lot of turnover, I think, and it's, I think, going to spark some really interesting trades because you're thinking about the dynasty values of guys, but you also have to think about the value of their salary or contract so to speak um, and for the veteran guys uh, to keep them it's whatever they were drafted at in the veteran auction draft year to year plus another five dollar escalator for every year that they're kept so those guys get more and more expensive kind of like a backloaded contract so uh, that's going to make some interesting dynamics where guys are going to have to make decisions about do I keep this guy, even though he's great, he costs a lot of money against my cap, a big percentage of it, and he's going to cost $5 more? Do I trade him to somebody who has more cap space, get some assets in return, but also lose the opportunity to throw him back into the free agent draft pool and get him again at a lower rate? So I think it's going to be super interesting. I know uh, there's another fantasy app called League Tycoon that kind of has something similar where they have uh, contracts for players. But trying to do a hybrid here on Sleeper because I like the UI for Sleeper and uh, the other guys that joined it also do. And uh, a lot of the guys who joined it were super helpful in helping me kind of hash out some of the discrepancies and the bylaws and guidelines of the league. Uh, so that was super cool. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know if anybody's interested in anything like that, but I'd be happy to share what we ended up doing with that. If you hit me up on Twitter at YakFantasyPod, let me know if that's something that you're interested in. So again, it's basically a hybrid of Auction Keeper and Dynasty that's trying to be as reflective of the NFL as possible with both free agency where you compete for contracts with players, but also you get rookies on cost-controlled deals. And those cost-controlled deals, I forgot to mention, first-rounders are four years cost-controlled, and uh, second through fourth-rounders are three years cost-controlled, and they go down by $2 by round. So it's $8 for first round, $6 for second round, three, excuse me, uh, $4 for third round, and $2 for sec fourth round. Oh, man, stumbling over my words here. So, uh, but yeah, it's 
pretty exciting, and that's what I've been wrapped up in, commissioning that and doing a really lengthy slow draft where I had to manually enter all the players that were drafted into Sleeper after they were drafted on my, my Fantasy League. So that was super involved, and also making some spreadsheets to track the salary caps and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, if anybody's interested in anything like that, hit me up. I can tell you what we did. But I'm just excited about it and kind of wanted to let you all know who listen what I was mostly wrapped up in the last couple of weeks and that was managing all of that. But now it's done and now I have free time again because now it's like a regular Dynasty League until the season officially starts and then tracking things will come into play but it won't be nearly as involved as drafting on one platform in an auction, a slow auction, and then moving everything manually over into Sleeper. So, just wanted to give a little uh, synopsis of that whole thing. So, I thought it was pretty cool. So, anyway, that'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in to my post-draft rookie tight end rankings and for listening to my whole diatribe here at the end about the Fantasy League that I just started. If you like what I had to say, disagreed with what I had to say, or have your own rankings to share, hit me up on Twitter at YakFantasyPod. Next week, we'll finally get into my rookie wide receivers. I didn't do pre-draft because I didn't finish them before the draft, uh, but I really want to get into those. And after that, I want to move into some different topics as we navigate the Dynasty offseason in the coming episodes after that. So I want to be done with these rankings. For the rookies, there might be tweaks here and there as the offseason goes, depending on what we hear out of camp, injuries, things like that. But for the most part, they're probably going to stay relatively stagnant to where they are based on the pre-draft, draft capital situation, all of that. I don't think all of that's going to change all that much over the next couple of months, but we'll see. Anyway, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again and catch you next week.